What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to the podcast. Today we talk to Stephen Moore about what's going on in the economy. He is uh, trying to trying to track down where this economy goes when we keep spending multiple trillions of dollars without seemingly any regard for the level of spending. Justin Haskins also joins us. He's talking about, you know, all of the uh, the the claims against conservatives have always been that we're just too stupid. We don't understand. People who listen to talk radio are not informed. Uh, well, he's got some polling that shows the exact opposite is true. We'll get into that as well. And what is going on with UFOs? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, we have that, plus more on Andrew Cuomo and his $5 million book deal. We'll get into that as well. Uh, thanks for subscribing to the podcast. If you haven't, well, I mean, then that thank you didn't apply to you. But if you would, just click subscribe. That will turn on the thank you uh, as it applies to you. As well, go to Studios America and apply there. A new show every single day. And you can subscribe to Blaze TV and get all the shows in one package. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks. Here's the podcast. so sick and tired of hearing the bashing of israel if we had somebody lobbing rockets into any of our cities any of our suburbs well i can't say this anymore i would say we would we would stop it but maybe we wouldn't we probably wouldn't now if antifa were doing that we'd probably be like that's a beautiful celebration of their freedom and look at they've even rockets with red glare it makes me want to sing well, definitely not sing the national anthem because that, that of course, is racist. I don't know what we would do anymore, but I think people would be outraged if somebody was lobbing rockets and bombs and killing their children anywhere in America. We would respond. But Israel, no, 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 no. They're Jews, you know. There was a great uh, article written by Alan Dershowitz in The Hill. Uh, why, does the, why does the hard left glorify the Palestinians? Why do they hate the Jews so much? In a world which, in which massive violations of human rights have tragically become the norm, why is the hard left focused on one of the least compelling of these causes, namely the Palestinians? Where is the concern for the Kurds? For the Chechens, for the Uyghurs, for the Tibetans. There are no campus demonstrations on their behalf, no expression of concern by the squad in Congress, no United Nations resolutions, no recurring op-eds in the New York Times, no claims that the nations that oppress these groups have no right to exist. On the merits and demerits of their claims, the Palestinians have the weakest case. They've been offered statehood and independence on numerous occasions in 1938, in 1948, in 1967, in 2000, 2001, and 2008. Israel ended its occupation of the Gaza Strip in 2005. Yet even now, Palestinian leaders refuse to sit down and negotiate a reasonable two-state solution. As the late Israeli diplomat uh, Eben once aptly put it, 
Uh, the Palestinian leadership never misses an opportunity to miss an opportunity. Nor are history and morality on the Palestinian side. The Palestinian leadership aligned itself with Nazism and Hitler in the 1940s, with Egyptian tyranny and anti-Semitism in the 1950s, and with international terrorism from the 1960s forward. In 1947, the United Nations divided the land that the Romans called Palestine, the Jews called, called Israel, into two areas. They divided that through the United Nations and provided a sliver of land along the Mediterranean and a non-arable desert called Negev to the Jews, who were a majority in that area and a much larger area to the Arabs. The Jews declared statehood on their land instead of declaring statehood on the Palestinian side. The Palestinians and surrounding Arab nations declared war on the newly United Nations established Israel. The Arabs lost and the Jews captured more land. As a result of war, uh, there occurred an exchange of populations. Hundreds of thousands of Arabs left or were forced out of Israel, and hundreds of thousands of Jews left or were forced out of Arab countries and Arab Palestine. Again, in 1967, the surrounding Arab nations threatened to destroy Israel, which preemptively attacked and occupied the West Bank and Gaza, which it immediately offered to return, with some territorial adjustments necessary for security. In exchange for peace and recognition, they would return that land. The U.N. Secretary Council issued Resolution 242, which called for a return of captured territories in exchange for peace. Israel accepted. The Arab nations and Palestinians, however, issued three infamous no's. No peace, no recognition, and no negotiation. Just want to point out here, the Kurds have never been offered independence or statehood, despite treaties that promised it. Nor have the Tibetans or the Uyghurs or the Chechens. But the Palestinians have on multiple occasions since 1938, when their leader told the Peel Commission that the Palestinians don't want a state. They just don't want a Jewish state. Palestinian people have suffered more from the ill-advised decisions of their leaders than from the actions of Israel. Back to the present. Hamas commits a double war crime every time it fires a lethal rocket as, at, at Israeli citizens from a population or an area populated by its civilians, who they use as human shields. Israel responds proportionately in self-defense, as President Biden has emphasized. The Israel Defense Forces go to extraordinary lengths to uh, try to minimize civilian casualties among the Palestinians, despite Hamas's policies of using civilian buildings, hospitals, schools, mosques, and high-rise buildings to store, fire, and plan their unlawful rockets and other devices. Yet the hard left blames Israel alone, and many on the center-left create a moral equivalence between democratic Israel and terrorist Hamas. Why? Why does this happen? Asks Alan Dershowitz. The answer is clear and can be summarized in one word. Jews. 
The enemy of the Kurds, the Tibetans, the Uyghurs, and the Chechens are not, unfortunately for them, the Jews. Hence, there's little concern for their plight. If the perceived enemy of the Palestinians were not the Jews, there'd be little concern for their plight as well. This was proved by the relative silence that greeted the massacre of Palestinians by Jordan during Black September in 1970, or the killings of the Palestinian Authority leaders in Gaza during the Hamas takeover in 2007. There's been relative silence, too, about more than 4,000 Palestinians, mostly civilians, killed by Syria during that country's current civil war. It's only when the Jews or their nation are perceived to be oppressing Palestinians that the left seems to care about them. While the United States provides financial support for Israel, we also provide massive support for Jordan and Egypt. Even if the United States were to end support for Israel, the demonization of Israel by the hard left would not end. The left singles out Palestinians not because of the merits of their case, but because of the alleged demerits of Israel and the double standard universally applied to Jews. That is the reality. John Brennan, former CIA director, as much admitted this double standard when he complained in a tweet about alleged lack of empathy by Jews. I always found it difficult to fathom how a nation of people deeply scarred by a history replete with prejudice, religious persecution, and unspeakable violence perpetrated against them would not be the empathetic champions of those whose rights and freedoms are still abridged, end quote. As Seth Franzman, a writer for the Jerusalem Post, aptly put it, quote, In his telling, he implied that Jews must have special empathy for others, while non-Jews have no special need to be empathetic. Brennan has not held other countries to a higher standard based on the ethnic or religious origins of their citizens. In short, because Jews engendered genocide, they have to live according to a higher standard than those who perpetrated the genocide. This benevolent double standard may sound kinder than the double standard imposed by the members of the squad and others, but it has the same effect. It demands that Israel do less to protect its citizens from rockets and terrorism than is demanded from other countries. The same standard must be demanded of Israel as is demanded of other countries defending their citizens. In particular, the same standard must be demanded of Palestinians and their leaders as is demanded of other groups seeking the moral support of good people. I support the legitimate rights of Palestinians to a peaceful state. Not so much because of their history and actions merit it more than others, but because it would be good for peace in the region and for Israel. But I refuse to prioritize it over other more equally or compelling cases just because Jews are on the other side. Alan Dershowitz, I think that is absolutely 100% true. Why do they have such a problem with Israel? Well, we wouldn't have a problem with Israel if Israel just didn't exist. We wouldn't have a problem with all these Jews if Jews just, there's just so many Jews. You know what I'm saying, Stu? That's the attitude. That's the attitude of the left. Mm -hmm. 
It's something they embrace wholeheartedly and they don't seem to care about the facts on the ground. I mean, you can go back and I agree with Dershowitz uh, and his analysis here, but you can go back and find things that I'm sure, you know, the Palestinians feel slighted. A lot of people feel like they got the raw deal in some of these arrangements going back 30, 40, 50, a hundred years. But like, I mean, again, I don't agree with that analysis. Okay. All right. But, But my point is like, who, like that's the past. It's like trying to say, well, uh, you know, Mexico actually owns California. Okay, well, here we are in in 2021. We were existing in a circumstance where one country uh, was not firing. One group was not firing at the other group uh, when we're talking about missiles raining down on their population. Then out of nowhere, Hamas started firing hundreds and thousands of missiles at their neighbors. So guess what? Like, they have a right to respond to that, whether you think the Jews got the, the, the long end of the stick long ago or not. We had a situation that was, re- you know, relatively stable, and Hamas, for the five millionth time, an international terrorist group, started firing missiles at, uh, at, at Israel in their population centers at their civilians. And just because well, they have good defenses and knock down the majority of them does not mean a thing. You know, if you go and try to rob a bank and you pull out a gun and you point it at the teller and it doesn't wind up working out for you and you go to prison, they don't don't say, well, you know, he didn't get away with the money. So therefore, let's just let him go. That's not how this works. Uh, I I just have to. I have some umbrage i need to take with you first of all yes yes not umbrage uh Stu started this little rant with uh it would be like if people claim that mexico still owns california Mm -hmm. mexico never owned california (laughs) spain (laughs) occupied mexico so spain actually owned california but see the stew lies just continue (laughs) the best of the glenn beck program so the uh bank of america came out a couple of weeks ago uh with their report and they said um uh, at the very least america is headed for transitory hyperinflation now i ain't a banker but i am a thinker and i've always heard that word hyperinflation was a bad thing we have stephen moore on uh to talk about this and so many other things in the economy hello uh stephen how are you sir Hey, Glenn. Good. And by the way, you don't have to listen to Bank of America. I mean, I said on your show a couple months ago that, yeah. you know, if we kept up this uh, this insane spending, insane borrowing, insane, uh, you know, helicopter money, dumping $100 bills out of helicopters, which is essentially what uh, Biden announced yesterday, that, you know, it, inflation is very simple, Glenn. I mean, this stuff is not complicated. Inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. And we've right. got so much money being printed right now, so much money being spent and borrowed in, in the trillions of dollars. How is anybody even surprised that we have inflation? So tell me, do you believe that this is temporary because we just don't have the products on the shelves uh, because people aren't, you know, getting their or taking their job back? Do you, do you buy into that? 
Uh, some of it is temporary, but some of it is long-term. I mean, look, we, we do have a big, there, there's so many problems that are compounding each other right now. You just mentioned one. I mean, uh, again, my last time you and I talked, I said this was going to happen. If you're paying people, you've got couples now, including food stamps, unemployment benefits, free rental assistance, uh, you know, free health care that are getting government benefits of over $100,000 a year for not working. I mean, that's nuts. You and I believe in a safety net, but come on. You know, we're paying more people to stay unemployed than to work. It's just craziness. So you're asking me a question of whether Washington is going to get its act together. <laughs> and I don't know the answer to that. I mean, right now, as we speak, Biden's still proposing $4 trillion more spending. I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm angry. You can tell me anger my, because, you know, all we need to do is get the government out of the way. <laughs> get out of the way. We got a vaccine. Right. We got businesses reopened. Just stop. But they can't. So, so tell me uh, about the uh, monthly child tax credit. This is, a, this is a new way to give people money. Government checks every month, $3,000 per child. Uh, right. And they are dumping this money beginning in uh, uh, July, July 15th. What does this mean? So let's do the math here. $3,000 per child. Let's say you have three kids. That's $9,000 of free money. Plus, you get, uh, if you've got a couple both on unemployment insurance, they're getting somewhere in the neighborhood of $1,500 a month in benefits. So that right there is, you know, about $60,000 a year. Then they get $10,000 of food stamps. Then they get $10,000 of free health care uh, and, and, you know, rental assistance. You're talking about people don't believe it when I say you can get $100,000 of benefits, but you can't. Uh, look, I'm for children. You're for children. <laughs> but the best way to help children is to have a mother and a father in the home and have a job. You know, it's complicated. Mm -hmm. Rather than give people money, get people working. You know, we've had, Glenn, now it's been 14 or 15 months that people haven't been working. We have 8.1 million job openings today. There are 750,000 job openings today in manufacturing and construction. Those are good jobs. You know, a lot of them are union jobs. People are not going back to work, folks. It's very simple because government is not pay- is paying them to do it. And Joe Biden was asked about this question. He's like, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he doesn't make any sense because he's never run a business. And by the way, this is killing our small businesses, Glenn. Our restaurants, our stores, our construction companies. I mean, ask somebody who runs a construction crew. Can you get it, workers? No. No, <laughs> you know, you can, they, they are not available right now. And that's why we I have, have these supply shots. I have had, you know, I'm doing construction on my house. Yep. And yep. almost can. every day, almost every day, somebody said, I'm sorry, I don't have, you know, the workers here. Yep. I just couldn't yep. get them. The plumber was saying, I've been wanting to mentor uh, somebody right. forever. And he said, I can't get anyone who is willing right. to do the work. And plumbers I mean, make a lot of money. That's a good job. Yeah. That's a, yeah, yeah that's plumbers a make job. a good living. Yeah, try, try, try to get an electrician. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, I, I mean, know. I have the same thing. We have construction in our house. There's a little noise in the background. That's the construction. And I got to tell you, you know, the people, we've got about seven or eight people coming in our house. They're doing a great job. 
I think, uh, you know, seven out of eight of them are immigrants. They're from Russia or they're from Ukraine yeah. or they're from Mexico. Or I mean, the immigrants, yep. how would we even keep this economy going without immigrant workers? So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very frustrated because we should we should just get back to normal. I think if we would just stop all the spending and borrowing, uh, and I, I believe we could have an economy that would just be flying high right now, really high. I mean, with these businesses reopening and, and the jobs are open, we've got a, a solid economy, a solid foundation. Anybody yeah. wants the vaccine can have it, and yet we're screwing it up. And by the way, don't forget, uh, what, what was the first act of, of uh, Joe Biden when he became president? Do you remember? The border, I think, wasn't it? Well, that was the second one. The first was the pipeline, the Keystone Pipeline. He didn't oh, want to yeah, that's the pipeline. Right, that's right. Yeah. Now, right. I mean, how insane is that, Glenn? I mean, really, we have the colonial pop pipeline that's been shut down by by cyber, uh, you know, uh, cr- criminals. And and now we've got I live in Washington, D.C. I can't get a drop of gasoline within 10 miles of where I live. Stephen, when the, the government, I, I think they're headed towards UBI. I mean, they're just making payments now to people. And people aren't going back to work. And this is what, you know, Nancy Pelosi said was coming, uh, you know, for poets, poets and dreamers everywhere. Uh, You know, you should be able to make enough money. The government should be able just to pay you that you could do what you, you know, follow your dreams. Um, That's where we're headed, isn't it? Well, I'm for people following their dreams, but I'm also uh, realistic. People need to be realistic. You know, I wanted to be a pro quarterback. Did you know that, Glenn? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Don't think that would happen. <laughs> so, hey, thanks a lot, Glenn. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the but 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 wait, they are they are currently paying you pay people right. on a monthly right. basis, and you're sending them a check. That check better not stop yeah. because people start right. to count on that check. And yeah. uh, I mean, that's you're you're just training people to get UBI. Well, what's really bad, what really worries me is well, that's why I mentioned 15 months of people getting unemployment. That means that for 15 months, people have not been in the workforce. That that causes an atrophy of your work skills. It's the worst thing you can do is tell people. And by the way, there is dignity. There's purpose in your life if you get up and work. There's, you know, there's no dignity in watching Netflix all day or sitting on the couch. And the worst thing you can do for people is tell them, you know, to, to sit around and do nothing. You know, you need purpose in your life. Everyone does. And, you know, we all know that. And, and the government is now. But a lot of families, and I'm not blaming them, I'm blaming the government, are just making a financial decision. Hey, I can make $48,000 if I go back on the job, but Uncle Sam's going to give me $55,000 if I don't. Do you read um, Shadow Stats by any chance? Are you familiar with Shadow it at stats? least? Yeah, I, I know stats. of it, but I, I'm not. What 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 are you referring to? I'm I'm referring to the way we calculate inflation has been uh-huh. changed a couple of times since the 1980s, yeah. and if yeah. you use the old standard, we're up to about 11 percent inflation. With the new yeah. standard, we're at 4.2. Uh, is there a case to be made to at least glance at the old way that we used to be figuring inflation? Because inflation got to be, what, 14%. Look, my feeling is people, you don't have to tell people what the inflation rate is. They know it. (laughs) You know, they know it. They go to the grocery store. They go, they, they go to the gas pump. I mean, people feel it. So, you know, these bogus government statistics, 
you know, give us kind of a direction of things. But you can't BS people. They they know what's happening. I mean, my gosh, you know, when when uh, Biden, the day Biden was elected, the gas price was two dollars and ten cents a gallon. Today, the gas price is three dollars and five cents a gallon. You know, by the way, he keeps saying I'm only going to raise tax on people who make over four hundred thousand. When you've got a ninety five cent per gallon increase in the gas price, that's a tax. That's a tax mm-hmm. on people. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, what does uh, how, how 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 bad do you think this gets, Stephen? And what what should what should people what should people prepare for? I think the stock. I'm not a great you know financial analyst, but I would say this: I'd be very careful about the stock market right now. Real careful. I'm not saying pull out, but I wouldn't put a whole lot of money into the market right now. You know, the first rule of investing is buy low and sell high. And uh, I think you've got a very overpriced stock market right now. And by the way, I'm not saying next week it's going to crash, but I do think, Glenn, I don't know what you're thinking is. I, I think there's going to be a correction. There just has to be. And, and especially pay attention to this massive tax increase bill. Pay attention to the $2.5 trillion infrastructure bill. But by the way, I love this. He wants to spend $2.5 trillion in infrastructure, and the first thing he does when he becomes president is kill an infrastructure project, the Keystone Pipeline, that costs taxpayers nothing. <laughs> Right. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, you got to watch Washington. You got to watch what these people are doing. If, 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 if uh, you know, the uh, senator from West Virginia, um, it goes, you know, south Manchin. on us and, and sides with Pelosi and and the rest. And they continue to spend like this, uh, you know, stock up on food, stock up on gasoline. I mean, well, I was, you cannot a great nation cannot borrow six and a half trillion dollars in one year. I mean, it's insane. Well, you can't to to stop inflation. You would normally raise interest rates. There's no way that the Fed can raise the interest rates because the the government couldn't afford to pay the rates themselves. Well, that's that's the problem, right? Is we, we've been borrowing. We've been living on borrowed time. We've been borrowing at these bargain low interest rates, and that's been a blessing for the country. But now, if the rates go up, you know, every one percentage point increase in interest rates costs costs us all a trillion dollars more in in debt. I mean, so we're in a vicious cycle right now. So maybe the first thing that Washington should do, uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't have an 180 IQ, but the first thing government should do is stop spending money we don't have. I mean, how mm-hmm. crazy that Biden is running around the country now is let's spend another two and a half trillion dollars and borrow it. And by the way, what happens when China starts to stop buying our bonds? Well, I think they effectively have. Uh, yeah. The Fed is the Fed's the only buyer of of our bonds at this point. Um, are yeah, you, you worried? That is, Glenn, yeah. Glenn, that's what you just described, where we, you know, the, the Congress spends the money, the Treasury issues bonds, and then the money printing agency of the government buys the bonds. That's what third world countries do. I know. <laughs> I know it is. I, mean, I know it is. That's why you don't have faith, full faith and credit in the U.S. dollar. Uh, when people really catch on to what's going on, it'll be over, I think, fast. Are you concerned about forbearance and that people don't really know what that meant uh, and when it catches up to people and uh, they realize, oh, I've got to pay all of that money back and my credit is destroyed and I may get kicked out of my apartment. Uh, that, that, that's going to be a problem, isn't it? Well, people, we've developed this attitude among Americans because of uh, you know, government policies of everyone thinking that the government's going to bail them out. 
So, you know, if you can't pay your rent, the government's going to pay for it. If you can't pay for your food, the government's going to pay for it. You can take on large debts because the government's going to forgive your debts. You can take out, you know, $100,000 in student loans. The government's going to, you know, going to pay it for you. I mean, this is just a very insidious dependency culture. The last line of the piece that I had in the Wall Street Journal three or four weeks ago when I talked about we're building a dependency culture, you know, is that maybe this is the whole design. (laughs) Maybe that's what Washington wants. Oh, I think it is. I think it is. Um, and I don't have a, I don't have a hundred and well, I don't have a IQ of a hundred, I bet. Uh, and I can figure that out. Uh, yeah, right. Steven. I mean, so you, th- you think it's deliberate. You think these guys are trying to make. Oh, absolutely. Uh, trying to make people. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, Steven, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, and keep okay, up the, uh, keep up the good work. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. Justin Haskins is a good friend of the uh, program. He is the editorial director of the Heartland Institute, editor-in-chief of StoppingSocialism.com, and uh, co-writer of uh, the uh, next book that is coming out, The Great Reset. Justin, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing so well, Glenn. So well. Yeah. Great to be with you. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to, this is not going to go over well for those who think that everybody who listens to talk radio is a moron. Uh, you just did a, a poll uh, and, and wanted to find out, you know, who knows the news? Who knows the, the uh, general topics in the news? Who knows about the police shootings and climate change? Who knows? What'd you find? Right. So what we wanted to do was go beyond just looking at bias in the news media. We all know that MSNBC and CNN and, you know, uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, we all know that they're left leaning outlets and that people who watch them probably have left leaning opinions. But what we wanted to know was how what do they understand about the facts, not opinions related to important news stories and just how detached from reality are they? Because my suspicion was it's pretty darn detached. And so what we <laughs> right. did was we asked them a whole bunch of questions about media preferences. And then we asked them a bunch of questions, uh, factual questions about things going on in the news. We asked them about the national debt. We asked them about police shootings, climate change questions, the proportion of the population that's uninsured uh, and or doesn't have health coverage. And then we were able to compare these two things to see if there is a difference. It's a very large poll, likely voters. And what we found was overwhelmingly uh, in the vast majority of questions that we asked, the people who um, watch NBC, CBS, ABC, CNN and MSNBC regularly, who identified it as their favorite network, were far more likely to get these questions about facts wrong in some cases, wildly wrong compared to people who watch conservative media television, and especially people who get most of their news from talk radio. Talk radio was actually the the audience that was most likely to get these questions right above all other kinds of categories. But generally speaking, all conservative media way outperformed these liberal outlets. Mm. 
So tell me, did they were, were there differences on climate change? Did they know the hot button issues for the left? Like, you know, who lacks insurance, health and care insurance, who, uh, you know, how warm is the temperature going to be in 2050? I mean, was there any question where they excelled? Uh, there were there were two questions where they did better than conservatives on average. And those questions were, in, in some ways, I think, kind of a mistake. Uh, one was uh, how many white people are shot, unarmed white people are fatally shot by police. They were more likely to get that right, but they were much more likely to get the question about unarmed African-Americans shot by, fatally shot by police wrong. And so the gap between whites and blacks, they were way, way off. Uh, to give people uh, an idea of, of just what we're talking about here, uh, 81% of MSNBC viewers, 70% of CNN, and more than 70% of the viewers of ABC, CBS, and NBC said that there are at least fatal, 50 fatal police shootings of unarmed African Americans every year. That's at least double the real number, which is about 18, according to the Washington Post uh, uh, database. And then uh, a significant proportion, dramatically, overestimated the number of fatal police shootings of unarmed African-Americans. So one quarter of CNN viewers, for example, said there were at least 500 unarmed African-Americans killed every year by police. That's 5,000 over the course of a decade compared to less than 200. Okay, so wouldn't that, doesn't that make sense, though? I mean, you wouldn't think that this kind of coverage would go to something that affected 18 people. There are more than 18 people that die in a swimming pool every year. I mean, it's it's really quite uh, shocking when you actually know the numbers. But if you don't know the numbers, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if people would say a thousand people are killed because it's an epidemic. It's it's happening everywhere. Right. Wouldn't you think? That's exactly. That's, no, that's exactly right. In fact, 10% of CNN's audience did think that there were a 1,000 African-Americans who were unarmed, killed every year by police. 10%. Wow. Yeah. And so what this shows, beyond any doubt, is that coverage that these people are getting. Because when we asked conservatives, they were getting these questions right at a much, much higher rate. So what it shows get, is that... Give me the talk radio yeah, listeners. What, what did they say? For uh, which which question? Uh, for the uh, for the number of uh, unarmed blacks killed by police officers. Okay, sure. Just let me uh, uh, look it up real quick. But yeah, the, 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 there's no doubt whatsoever that when we asked um, about any of these questions, they were far more likely to get it wrong. Talk radio was sixty percent. So sixty percent of talk radio listeners got the correct answer, which was less than fifty. Uh, compared to CNN, it was 23%. MSNBC, 19%. Um, that's, wow. That gives you an illustration of, of just how detached from reality a lot of these people are. And it's not just on, on police shootings. It's on the national debt. It's on, every kind, it's, it's on virtually every question that we ask. When we asked about the national debt, for example, um, we, uh, 69% of CBS viewers and 65, this is just an example, 65% of NBC viewers and 69% of CBS viewers said that the national debt was much lower than it actually was. 
Uh, and about 30% of CNN and 32% of CBS viewers said the national debt was $5 trillion or less. Five oh trillion my gosh. Less. Oh the my gosh. The national debt we, was $5 trillion <laughs> was in 1995. $5 trillion. How could it be $5 trillion when they're talking about passing another $4 trillion package? I mean, exactly. exactly. Hello. <laughs> exactly. And so it's, it's, it's on, on, on climate change, uh, about half of all MSNBC viewers, ABC, CBS, NBC, about half of them, in fact, more than half of them, said that they think that humanity will be humanity. All of humanity will either be extinct or nearly extinct within a hundred years. And a quarter of them said that they'll be extinct within 50 years because of climate change. So 75, wait, wait. So 75% of MSNBC viewers think that within the next 50 to a hundred years, we'll all be dead. Half. Half. It's half of the people who said within a hundred years said within fifty years. So it's okay, okay, okay. Fifty percent so of all the viewers, twenty five percent said less than fifty. Right. So fifty percent. What are the? What's the I other fifty? What's the other fifty percent say? <laughs> uh, most of the other fifty percent said that it will happen, but it will just take more than a hundred years. Okay. All right. So we're dead either. We're dead either way. We're, we're eventually going to die from climate change was the overall. Yes, okay. All right. <laughs> but, if you, but if you believe, but if you really believe that we're going to go, the whole human race is going to go extinct within a hundred years. That means that, that a majority of people watching these networks believe that their, their grandchildren will die from climate change. That's what it that's what it means. I mean, that is totally insane. But that's the message that they're getting from the press. So this isn't just about opinions. We all know that the people who are watching these networks are going to have liberal opinions. This is about them not even having how how can you form a good opinion when you don't have even the basic information about these topics? Right. And if you're watching those networks, you are not getting even the basic facts right about any of these topics we know that to be true we we absolutely know that to be true in our own lives we've all met somebody who is a liberal and if you if you get the opportunity to talk to them about the news oh i no i don't know anything about that they say that all the time Uh, i didn't i didn't say where'd you get that you know thinking that you're gonna get that from and and usually it's like uh, the New York Times even printed that. Uh, they just don't, they don't, they're not impacted because even if their source does do the story, it does it once and they're drilling down on everything else. Did you ask any, um, ask any political questions uh, about Trump or Biden or anything about socialism? Uh, we, we did ask about Biden's approval rating. And uh, it was actually kind of it was interesting, as you would expect, the, the conservative media outlets did not have a particular people who watch those outlets do not have a particularly fond view of Joe Biden. Uh, less than 20 percent approval a- across the board for those. Well, usually it was even less than that. Um, but for CNN, and it was actually much lower than I thought. And ABC, CBS as well. Uh, the average a- a CNN viewer strongly strong approval for Biden was 57 percent. 
which is mm. not super high. Uh, ABC was 45%. CBS was 48%. If you add in somewhat approved, those numbers go up to the 70s or so, depending on the network that you're looking at. Um, MSNBC was far and away Biden's network, uh, 90% approved and to some degree, and 70% had strong approval. Um, but wow. it's not as much uh, as you would expect, without any doubt at all. I mean, certainly the average Fox News viewer or the average Blaze viewer or something would have a much higher opinion of, of Donald Trump when if you're looking at similar polls that have been done in the past um, than liberal viewers of these networks have of, of Joe Biden right now. So he's not off to a very good start. Mm. Your big takeaway from this. Uh, I think one of the biggest takeaways beyond just the fact that people who are watching these networks are just ap- just not getting the truth and so they shouldn't watch them uh, is that w- one of the most stunning things about this whole poll is that a, a significant proportion of people who say that they watch uh, these liberal outlets don't believe that the liberal outlets are liberal. Uh, they actually think that most of the news that they're getting is either somewhat conservative or mostly conservative. Uh, That's more crazy. than half of CNN viewers um, and more than half of MSNBC viewers, for example, in fact, more than 60% said that they think that most of the news that they get is somewhat conservative or mostly conservative. So they have no idea that the news that they're watching is actually incredibly liberal news. They've never met a conservative. If they think that, the, how, do they, how do they know that conservatives despise uh, CNN and all these other outlets and, and think that they are full of nothing but leftist propaganda? How do they square that circle? Do I they have just absolutely not? Absolutely no idea. I mean, it is a bizarre world we're living in. It really, truly is. So, Justin, you, you and I have been working on a book on the Great Reset. And, uh, you know, I've looked at it recently, and they're doing the same thing they did with, uh, uh, what, was the, uh, what was the school thing that we all fought against recently? The, uh, Comic the, the new Yeah, Common, Common Core. Core. They're doing the same kind of thing that they did with Common Core. First, they say it's not true. Uh, Then they start to hedge around it. Uh, Then they'll come out and go, okay, it is true, but we're not going to do it. And then they just change the name. Uh, There's a lot of things going on right now where they are. uh, They're traveling down that road, but they are telling us now that they're going to do it anyway. For instance, Tennessee, they moved to ban critical race theory, but the educators are saying we're going to we're going to break the law or we're going to deny that CRT was ever in our schools. Well, what's happening to us where people are willing to come out and say, I don't care what the people say. I'm doing it anyway. Right. I think the if you're going to sum up sort of the essence of the Great Reset movement, really, across the board, whether it's a, a teacher who supports this, these kinds of ideas generally or, you know, corporate leaders at big multinational banks and, and other things, it's that 
there's this sense that it really doesn't matter what people want because they don't know what's good for them. And we, the, the sort of technocrats of society, the elites in society, we know what's best. And we will guide these people, whether they like it or not, whether they want it or not. And we're just going to go through with it regardless. And in this case, even regardless of what the laws say. And because they know that, frankly, the mob is on their side and because they know that the elite institutions, not just of America, but of the entire world are on their side. And because they know that the White House is on their side and therefore all the federal agencies are on their side. I think they're going to become increasingly more brazen about these kinds of attempts because the cat is out of the bag. I mean, we know what's going on. And you've been talking about this now for almost a year. We know what's happening. It's, it's, and people are starting to learn about it all the time. So they're not going to be able to hide it. But what they're going to do is, is exactly what you just said. They're going to say, yeah, it's, it's, you know what? It is happening, but it's for the best. And we're going to do it anyway, because we got to save the planet or we got to fix income inequality or we got to stop racism or whatever it is. The ends always justify the means. And that's mm. that's what this whole movement, it's the essence of this whole movement is that these people can control society better than you can manage your own life as an individual person. Which explains another story that is out today about how Apple has been working with the Chinese government and they are censoring and surveilling Chinese citizens and giving all of that information over to China. The ends justify the means. Thanks so much, Justin. I appreciate it. Uh, you can, Thanks, uh, of course, you bet. You can find uh, all of this information on that latest survey at the Heartland Institute. He's the editorial director there. The Heartland Institute. You can find it at heartland.org. Heartland.org. Na, 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 na. 